everybody. This is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. We're here for the Invested Podcast, where we're learning to invest Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger style. We call it Rule One Investing. For the main rule of investing, don't lose money. Well, we're really just really digging in on how to invest. And that means invest, not speculate. That means buying things for less than they're worth so that you have a nice margin of safety and can expect to get a good return on your investments in spite of the vicissitudes of life. Oh, those bloody vicissitudes. Yep, they will mess with you good if you don't get margins of safety. So what we're deep into here is understanding why Jeff Bezos paid $42 a share for Whole Foods when it was selling for about $32 uh, when he made the offer. And we're looking at trying to understand his method of value in the business. And I have an idea, Danielle, how we should proceed. I think oh, I should tell me. plug in, I want to plug in Jeff's number. He bought it for 42 bucks a share. What I want to know is what does that mean in terms of our view of growth rates and PE ratios for our margin of safety analysis? What does it mean that he bought? in terms of growth. You're saying you want to look at what growth rate he was anticipating for this company. Yeah, if he paid this much, what does that mean in terms of how fast this company has to grow in order sure. to make sense out of that investment? And for Let's us- Let's look at what he thinks, yeah. but I still want to figure out how we, without the Bezos knowledge, how we figure it out on our own also. Right on. Can we do that afterwards? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay, so we're starting with some basic data, okay, that you just look up. The first piece is the trailing 12 months of earnings for Whole Foods, as of right now, are about $1.26 per share. Why do we care about that? You've never talked about that. Oh, well, that's a real basic important number because if we're working off of the current earnings, right, how the company's doing right now, well, what we want to do is recognize that there's only really the first cup quarter of the year when it makes sense to use last year's earnings number off of the SEC. Oh, document. you're talking about just looking at sort of what I would call current earnings, but yep. you use the trailing 12 months number. Got right. it, got it, got right, it. Right, right. Okay. So right now, over the last 12 months, they've earned $1.26 a share. Um And if we apply a growth rate, just looking at how the numbers come out, that will give us a sticker price today, which is the value of the business, of $42. We've got a given that we got to start with a buck 26. We have to because that's the existing earnings. So we're going to grow those earnings into the future at some growth rate, give it a PE ratio 10 years out, and then discount that number back to today and get $42. That's what the job is here, because that's what Bezos is paying for the company. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start plugging numbers into a calculator. And it turns out, because I did this, that the right number to plug in here in in our way of looking at the value of a business is 16% growth per year. So here's how we would do it. We'd say we've got $1.26, We're going to grow it at 16% a year. That would imply a 32 PE ratio 10 years from now, assuming that growth rate will continue in the future. And that will give us a $178 value 
10 years out. So I'm going to grow the earnings from a dollar twenty-six. Sorry, I'm slow. I'm slow. Here we go. Where did the sixteen percent come from? I kept putting a new bigger growth rate in until this formula gave me a forty-two dollar purchase price. Oh, so you just uh, guessed until you found one that worked. Yep, until I found one that worked. Okay, and what formula did you put it into? Our standard rule one formula for figuring out value margin of safety formula, which says take the current earnings, grow it at some growth rate we call the windage growth rate. Got it. Multiply by a P ratio, which is two times the windage growth rate. Yeah. And then take the value that comes out of that. Remember that $1,000 thing we were doing a couple weeks ago? That yeah. $1,000, discount it back to today at 15% a year, which is basically divided by four and you get today's purchase price, which is today's purchase price is $42. Cause we know that okay. because Bezos paid okay. that. And you've got this all set up somewhere and you were able to just plug in like 14% and then 15% and then 16%. Right, right. I've got okay. it set up on, on the website on the toolbox. It's called the margin of safety calculator under town analysis. And it's what I use to just figure out value of things. Value being the sticker price or the current real value of the business. Okay, right. and that's your website, which is roll1investing.com, right. which essentially then I'm plugging these numbers in. The, the website's going to tell me what the current trailing 12 months are. It's a buck 26, it's a given. And then I'm just going to use bigger and bigger growth rates until I get to the $42. Okay? Got it. So the got website it, starts it. off interestingly enough with the current analyst estimate of growth which is 6.2%, which I find really hard to believe. I'm going to check that. In order so that's for me to something you that, got off of your website, right? Yep. So I'm going to check that. And the way I'm going to have you check this as well is you go to Whole Foods, which is W, you just Google Whole Foods, WFM. I'm typing in WFM into Google. WFM growth rate. And I'm hitting go. All right. And what it comes up with is almost always the first thing up there is the NASDAQ.com website. NASDAQ is... Oh, yes, we discussed that a little while ago. Oh, good. Okay. We've already talked about that. That's one of the markets for high-tech stocks. So it says, okay, Whole Foods Market Forecast Earnings Growth. NASDAQ. I'm going to click on that link. Okay. And what it tells me is... The growth rates estimated by the analyst over the next five years. And this NASDAQ is showing it at 6%, 5.92. Um, another one shows, oh, they say, over the next five years, the analysts that follow this company are expecting it to grow earnings at an annual average rate of 6.21%, which is pretty close to the 6.20% that I'm getting on my website. So we're picking up the data from the same places. Now, that's real interesting because at 6.2%, if they're right, starting with $1.26 and growing it at 6.2% per year for the next 10 years, it brings the future earnings per share to $2.30 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. In other words, it doesn't even double it once. Mm -hmm. All right? Mm -hmm. And then if we use a multiple of two times the growth rate, which would give us a 12.4 PE, which would certainly be justified by a low growth rate like that, 
we end up with a value of the business in 10 years, in the year 2027, of $28.52. How could it be lower than what it is now? Because or what it was, even what it was before the deal happened. This doesn't care what the price is that the market's paying. It's saying what this thing will sell for in 28 years if these analysts are right. In other words, using using our experience of, you know, 140 years in the stock market, right, of what happens with companies over time, when they're only growing at 6%, they will only have a PE of around 12. Oh, it's because this formula doesn't care about the current stock price. This formula no. goes off of, as you said, many years of experience regarding price to earnings ratios. Right. So okay. this is predicting that the future price in 10 years, if the analysts are correct about, you know, they're only estimating out the next five years, but, you know, we can we can extrapolate from that that it probably won't be higher, right? So we can say 10 years out, if this holds at 6%, this thing's going to be worth about 30 bucks. 10 mm -hmm. years from now. In other words, you buy it today mm -hmm. for $30, you've got 30 years of you got 10 years of dead money. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it maintains a growth rate like that. So that's pretty horrendous when you think about it. So yeah. the analyst, the analyst must have a different view of this than Jeff Bezos, because he just paid 42. But here's why. I mean, if you look back at, so I, I admit I took this from your website because I got a little lazy for this one, but the EPS growth rate, you have 10 years of each year, the growth rate of that year, and it is all over the place. I yeah. mean, starting back in 06, 50%, I'm going to round the numbers, 06 had 50% growth, 07 had negative 10% growth. 08 had negative 37% growth. Then in 09, they went up to 26%. Then in 10, they had 67% growth. This is all on earnings per share. In 2011, they had 40%. In 2012, they had 35%. 2013, they slowed down a little bit. They had 19%. Slowed down some more the next year. They had 5%. In 2015, they were down to negative 7%. 2016, they were at negative 5%. So I looked at this and I think, you know what? A prediction of 6.21% growth rate seems actually maybe a little optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I, I, I see where they're that. coming from, sure. you know? Sure, exactly. So, wow, maybe Bezos made this gigantic goof. Right. Or maybe he bought it for ulterior purposes, which would be maybe what a lot of people think just happened there, that he really just wants distribution warehouses all over the country. And these guys have them. They have 444 uh, stores around the U.S. And combined with Amazon's distribution for fresh food, uh, that gives them 70 percent of the U.S. population within one hour drive of one of their distribution outlets. Yeah, so I mean, he didn't buy he it to keep Whole Foods exactly the same, I'll tell you that. Right. But then again, he paid $13.9 billion, so maybe he could have built 400 distribution sites for that easily. So that I, I think it's not just for reach. It's got to be for more about the value of the company. And we already discussed the free cash flow side of this thing, which was right. quite I a was different I was just going to mention that. Yeah. 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 
In other words, Whole Foods is run by a guy who doesn't give a damn, John Mackey, doesn't give a damn about quarter-to-quarter -quarter or year-to-year -year earnings. He could care less. That's I mean, just which what, is so obvious because it's so up and down. Right. Exactly. His earnings are all over the map. Okay. But what's interesting is that the return on equity, as you pointed out, is very consistent. Yep. Return on equity is very consistent. Grows steadily, steadily, steadily forward. Got a couple years where it drifted, or a year where it drifted down here. But essentially, we can look at the return on or the growth of equity and just and and the capitally distributed in dividends as a really consistent about 10% over time, 10% per year mm -hmm. over time. Very, very mm -hmm. consistent. And sales, very consistent, about 10% over time. 10% growth of sales. And cash flow growth, very consistent, right at 9.5%. And earnings growth, right at 9.5%. In other words, everything about this company is running right at about 10% if we bring it to the current level of things, which is having a bad year. Okay? In other words, if you look at this company's rates of growth, they're much more like their return on equity numbers than actually what the growth rates appear to give you on a year-to-year -year basis because they're so volatile. And that means when we look at the, the return on equity and see that currently it's running about 16%, 15.7 actually, that might be a better clue as to what uh, Jeff Bezos was looking at in terms of the long-term ability of this company to grow his money. Mm -hmm. Interesting, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. Because, and I think this is the genius of your method here, that you don't just focus on earnings. And I, from my limited knowledge, it seems like most valuation methods focus excessively on earnings. And you're looking at these four different numbers that provide four different views of this company. And then essentially using your judgment to determine which one do you, which number is the, the most appropriate one amongst those to pull out and use. Yep. And, and we lean toward the book value plus dividends number. Um, remember, we don't just use book value growth rate because often a company is pouring out some of that equity. Some of the book value is going in the form of dividends every year. And so you want to add that back in to understand what they actually grew over time. Did we decide that Bezos used a 16% growth rate? No, um, not yet. Let's, uh, oh. let's jump to that, though. So... In order to get to $42, see, that only gave us 28 bucks. So in order to get to $42, we got to kick up the interest rates or the growth rate up to 16 and bring the P.E. ratio up to um, 32 and then do the analysis, which I'm doing right now, real time. And we end up with $44 ballpark. So it's going to be 15.5% growth rate, 15.7. So, oh, okay. So it was 16. Yeah. Now, that's okay. using our methodology, which assumes a solid 15% per year requirement for Bezos oh, yeah. to make the investment, when that right. may not be the case here. He right. may be looking at this and saying, look, I'd be very happy to have a 10% return per year. 
because of all yeah. the other benefits of this company. So let's drop this margin, uh, a minimum acceptable rate of return from 15 down to 10 and what? see what that does. You're allowed to change it? Yeah. I'm not can. allowed to change it. What? <laughs> so we can drop that down. And so we already have seen that there's a good likelihood this company, at least based on current equity, which is about $4 billion, could produce 16% a year. But Bezos now has $14 billion in it. Okay, he's got a big chunk of equity that he just paid in. So now he's got to get a better return. And let's reset this thing to, uh, well, let's see first off what happens if we get a 10% requirement here for a minimum acceptable rate of return. All of a sudden, this is a $68 company. Just that one change. No, but wait, what we want to know is the growth rate. So what did that change the growth rate to? Well, now I, I left the growth rate at 16 and the PE at 32 and ended up with a $68 company instead of 42. Okay. Now I'm going to drop the growth rate. I'm just going to pick a number. I'm dropping it to 12. And that makes the PE ratio of 24. And I'm resubmitting this number. And that brings me to 36. So I'm going to be pretty close at a 13% growth rate with yeah. a 26 PE. That'll be in the ballpark. Yep, that puts it right at 42. So Bezos could say, look, if I can get 10% per year here, I'm going to be really mm -hmm. happy because of the way this is going to do things for the rest of my business. And that means all these guys got to do to make it worth my money is grow at 13% a year. Um, out into the future, and I think I can help them do that. I think that's kind of one way he might be looking at it right there. I think that's where he's that's getting his interesting. This is so different from the cash flow analysis that you did. I mean, just in terms of the growth rate alone, because when analysts are saying 6% and I'm looking at the numbers thinking 6% seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden we're talking about 13 to 16%. Yeah. And that's, but, but remember, uh, that's we're, com surprising. we're coming off a time when when Mackie is dealing with a lot of competition, um, kind of knocking down his margins, reducing his earnings that may not be permanent. In other words, with Amazon in there, they can they can create a moat that makes them the go to guys for home delivery organic natural food in which yeah. case their margins come right back up oh i think the growth with amazon is going to be i think we're not even going to be aware of how exciting this is going to be yep but without amazon yeah yeah I, I i don't know i mean i obviously had very strong hopes for whole foods i think it would have taken some adjustment though in what they were doing to get back up there yep and but here's the thing, the the real hidden value here in Whole Foods, <clears throat> as we discussed weeks ago, is that they create a lot of cash flow. Remember, I talked about the relationship between free cash flow and net earnings. Um, the relationship between free cash flow and net earnings. Oh like, yeah, that was the thing that I couldn't I couldn't understand how the cash flow could be less than could be larger. or could be more than net earnings. Yeah, because Whole Foods is writing off a lot of development that happened early on and that they can deduct from their earnings without actually having a cash charge. And so yeah. their earnings go down, but their cash flow doesn't go down. And in fact, basically, they, it's an accounting trick. It's an accounting trick. And essentially, essentially, 
they, now the money that they put up years ago is starting to benefit them in terms of higher cash flow. So the cash flow, actually free cash flow for Whole Foods is about 163% of net earnings. Okay. Free cash flow for Whole Foods, 163. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they make 63 cents extra for every dollar of earnings that they make. They make a dollar 63 of cash. So Bezos looks at this and says, if these guys can grow at 13%, if they can grow at 13%, then I'm going to have all my money back in about 10 years from purchasing well, this so business. For those of us for those of us looking at it on our own before this deal happened, how would you have analyzed it to figure out the windage growth rate? Well, I did do that. And um, yeah, and so what I, I. <laughs> exactly. And what I came up with was that they're going through a bottom right now. I mean, you have to believe mm -hmm. in the company and have to believe that these yeah. guys can do it. Right. And this is a company that was growing at 20 percent for a lot of its history. Yeah. And of course, it's now not growing its earnings at all. And you have to assume they come back. I used about 10, 11 percent. I think I think I might have used actually 12 percent. I was just one point off of what Bezos was doing. So right in that range, mm. someplace. And then I looked at. But how did you land at that number? That's my question. You see oh. all these all these numbers, all these rates. <laughs> how do you end up at 12 percent? Well, I start with looking at the historical stuff, right? And just assuming that these guys can get back to a rough average of their historical growth rate, which mm. comes in right at 10%, as we just discussed a minute ago. Mm -hmm. So the long-term mm -hmm. historical growth rate is flat out, just 10, 10, 10, 10, almost across the board. Then in addition to that, they have this really good return on equity going on, which I think is going to be benefited in the future by having them have better competition with pricing and smaller stores that are going to go out in lots of places. And I assume that they will be able to jack that up a little bit. So my initial view of these guys was using about a 12% growth rate with about a 24 PE. And that gave me a margin of safety price of right about what, uh, what well, I guess about 36 bucks, a little bit less than what Bezos was paying. Um, and that's coming off of that buck. That 26. was your, that was your sticker price or your margin of safety price. That was sticker, and it was coming off of a, a better earnings when I did this about a year ago. So let me up it a little bit to where it was. Yeah. So I was getting about fifty bucks as the sticker. About fifty yeah. as the sticker, and about twenty five as the margin of safety. Yeah. And I remember that's about what I got too, and I decided I was okay with paying a little more than that because I just think it was such a good company. Yep. So that's using uh, not tra that was that was using the trailing twelve months a few months ago, which is about a buck eighty, and so that gave us a fifty one dollar uh, sticker price. Now we can see that Bezos got it for significantly less than that because the earnings are down and will be down for a little while. So he's starting with a buck twenty six today, and using that with my growth rate of twelve, I would have only gotten a thirty six dollar sticker and an eighteen dollar margin of safety. Um, but here's the thing. The eight year payback time from free cash flow is, in other words, I can get all my money back if I buy the stock for a certain number of dollars. Okay. If I take the free cash flow the way Bezos is going to do it, 
because he owns the whole business. If that was me, I would get all my money back in eight years, which is our target. Which is super good. Which is super good if I paid $28 for the company, hmm. which is why I was really happy to see you buy it for like 29 with like a good price, <laughs> all right? So this says that's a super good price. So why is Bezos paying 42? Well, he's got to to take the whole company over, right? He's got to pay up in order to get all the investors who are sitting there at 32 to be willing to say yes. So if you just offered them what they could get in the market, many of them would not sell. So he puts it up to 42. So when you buy it for 42, how, uh, <clears throat> how long is it going to be if it grows at, let's say, 12% a year? How long is it going to be before you get your money back? So I'm going to do that analysis real quick on the website. I think this windage out, growth rate. Oh, go ahead. Turns out it's $40.29 is the 10-year payback time. In other words, Bezos is buying this at a price, given a 12 to 13% growth rate. It'll get him all his money back in free cash in 10 years. And he will own Whole Foods, all of it, free and clear forever after that. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's a good deal for them. That's a good deal. I think it's a good deal for both, which is the sign of a very good deal. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. So that's how I get there. I mean, I, I hope that helps you figure out your way through that process. Um, I mean, I just think the windage growth rate is the most difficult part of this whole thing because it's a judgment call and it's based on a lot of really varying numbers. And I still don't have a sense of how you do it, really. It seems like you kind of pick a number and... And it, it works out. <laughs> Which is the reason why we tell everybody that you cannot go buy companies. You can't buy stocks unless you can figure out that windage growth rate. If you No, can't but that's do not that, fair you, to say. You can't you, it's like them. saying like like you can't fly an airplane unless you learn to fly. And I'm like, well, I should probably take some lessons then. More so like, I'd like to no, know no, like, more like how more like this. More like you can't be in the Tour de France unless you first learn how to ride the bike. And you can't really learn how to ride the bike unless you get some training wheels and a little bit of help. All right. So here's the training wheels and a little bit of help is that you've got a really defined structure here. Right. We've got the four growth rates. We've got a requirement for return on equity. And we've got this critical thing that Charlie says is the number one thing you've got to do in order to do this. And that is only focus on companies you can understand. So those are the training yes. wheels. So the training wheels are but here's you, the, here's you're going to be with companies that you understand the what that windage growth rate is because you understand the business. That's the key. Let me give you a real easy one. C's Candy is something Warren Buffett bought years ago. Mm -hmm. All right. He and Charlie sat down and looked at it. And the company had been around for 100 years. It was only growing at the rate of inflation. Like okay. they were not even putting in new stores. They were just camped out, enjoying the cash flow of a company that was a super brand. And people loved it and just kept buying it over and over again. Okay. So if the growth rate of that company was 4.5% a year, 4.5% a year, would it be really hard to figure out that it'll continue to be basically 4.5% a year? No, I mean, it's just a guess like any other, an educated guess. Well, it's an educated guess, right? 
It's an right. educated guess. Yeah. But it's a very well-educated guess by understanding the business. So you would, in other words, if you owned C's Candy, you would also be guessing about what the future would look like. How fast should we try to grow our company? Well, we don't want to grow too fast because we really like living on this cash flow. And we don't want to go up against all these other big companies that are out there. We just like what we got. And let's just keep it good. Uh-huh. And so you'd learn, oh, well, that's what the company's family decided. And that's what they're going to do. So that's what they've been doing for 20 years. There's no reason to expect that it would change for the next 10 years. So you see, that okay. one would be pretty easy, right? You're not dealing with Whole Foods competing against Costco and whether Amazon is going to buy them. And very complicated stuff could be happening there. You can do really simple ones. I think you're saying it's simple because they're not trying to grow. I think that's what you're getting at. Or its growth rate is obvious. It should be <laughs> obvious is what I'm getting at. It should be obvious what but they But there's can grow a reason at. that it's obvious. And I think what you're saying is that the reason that it's obvious is that they're going to stick with their whatever it is, X growth rate, yeah. because they've done it that way for a long time. Yeah. And there's... And there's no indication that they want to change. That's it. Just stick okay. with those companies. Don't go to companies that are going through turmoil about their growth, about the future. Just go with the ones that have been doing it this way for a while. And they're going to continue doing it this way for a while. But they're on sale right now because of a fluctuation of the market. That's all. We're going to keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah, and the fluctuation of the market leads to fluctuation in some of these numbers a lot of the time. Oh, sure. So, in the short run, it can, of course. Yeah, We're yeah. So right you look at these that. things. Okay. You're going to look right through that. We're going to say, yeah, 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 sure. A recession, they're not going to have a great year. But these numbers that we're looking at are long-term numbers that include recessions. Mm -hmm. So this is going to guide us. And we will be lower than that right now because we're in a recession. But it'll be higher than that when we come out of the recession. And then it'll go down and be lower than that later. And overall, it'll be this growth rate, 4.5%. That's exactly right. Yeah. You see how that works? I do. I think it's about understanding the context of what's happening in a given year. And, yes. Then, uh, yes. and then somehow... And I mean, I do this and I still like I'm not quite sure how I do it, to be honest, because it's just it feels very windage. It's like you get a sense for it and you kind of go with it. But then never forget, we then cut that in half. Yeah, exactly. Which makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> which makes us all feel a, a lot, lot better. better. A lot better. <laughs> so when we see this with Bezos, he's putting a number up there. John Mackey agreed to it. The hedge fund that started the trouble in the first place certainly felt like the number should be up in the 40s someplace, um, which is why they bought into it in the low 30s. They, they really thought they could make 40, 50% on their money. You thought, yeah, this really feels like it. it's way cheap and it should be worth a lot more. And you were right. Now, what we're just going to do is dial that in to where you're really focusing on companies that you love and that have a good track record that's very consistent. So we're not trying to jump over six foot bars. We're just yeah. jumping over six inch bars. And yeah, we keep and then those have really good leaders. On. 
and that have really good leaders like Whole Foods does. Exactly. That are going to protect the company. And exactly. and that's something you wanted to talk about. You mentioned a few times ago you wanted to talk about management next. And I think talking about Amazon and Whole Foods leads us into that so well because they're both marked by having fantastic founders who have been there from the very beginning with true vision. And we see them now coming together, which is rather extraordinary. And I think what I want to do is find other companies like that. But I want to I want to show you an example of what a management team can do to a company that came out in the Wall Street Journal a couple of days ago. They ran almost an entire page on this company. It was so atrocious what this management team has done. And um, I think it's really interesting to, to understand how important you have managers who have integrity and who treat you the way they treat themselves. When you have a different yeah. setup than that, you can be in trouble in a hurry. So let's take that one on next week. Until then, I think it's time to go play. What do you say? All right, we're moving on to management, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Invested. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head over to investedpodcast.com for our show notes and a special offer on how the podcast listeners can attend my three-day transformational investing workshop for free, where we just teach the heck out of you for three straight days. We don't sell anything and we get you a scholarship to come to it for free. So come on over there and take a look at that. And by the way, as our lawyers want me to say, everything discussed on this podcast is either my opinion or Danielle's opinion, and my opinion's right, and is not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your investment advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So this podcast is just for your entertainment and education only, and I hope you enjoyed it. So until next time, time to go play.